The gospel lesson featured for today, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great gale arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. O people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. About 18 years ago, my wife and I were expecting our first child. Now, when the, she had reached about the midway point of, of her pregnancy, my wife, or maybe about to the end of the second trimester, our doctor grew a little bit concerned because my wife really wasn't gaining a whole lot of weight. As her pregnancy progressed, she just wasn't uh, gaining a whole lot of weight. And so the doctor started ordering a few extra tests. We did some extra ultrasounds. We did some various things just to try and figure out what was going on. And as it turned out, we determined that she simply wasn't producing a whole lot of amniotic fluid as her pregnancy progressed. Now, this was a concern for the doctor. And as time went on, eventually we were referred from our small town, nice, but small hospital to go out to Sioux Falls to go to a larger hospital and to see an OB specialist who could give us a little bit more of an opinion. Now, when we first heard about this referral, we thought, oh, okay, we're just going to go see this other doctor. It's probably not going to be an issue. And this was happening about maybe a month or six weeks before my son was due to be born. He was due in the last part of, of January that year, and this was happening sometime in December. So we thought, okay, well, we're going to drive out. We're, we're going to have an early morning driving, driving out to Sioux Falls, but we'll go see the doctor. It'll be fine. But what we discovered the day before we were supposed to go was that if the doctor that we were going to see saw reason for concern, we might have a baby that next day. Now, we were in our mid-20s. We were still basically kids ourselves. We knew that we were going to have a baby about a month to six weeks down the road, but we certainly weren't ready for it yet. We felt completely ill-prepared, and for the next day or so, we, we were just terrified because the rug had been pulled out from under us. Everything that we were expecting was different. We had no control over whether it was going to happen or not happen. All we could do was go along for the ride, and whatever happened, happened, and folks, we were terrified. Now, as it turned out, that doctor was not concerned with what he saw, and we were able to wait, and our son was born about the right time in January, like he's supposed to, and now he's, you know, he's 17, he's doing great, no worries there. But that sense of terif being terrified, of not knowing what to expect, of having no control, and having everything, the rug pulled out from under us, that sense of, of catastrophic terror that we were experiencing, that is something that I'm connecting in with our story for today. 
But before we really get into it, and this story of Jesus calming the storm, we have to back up just a little bit. Now, we hear at the beginning that same day. And so we know if we look back just a little before this, we can see what Jesus was up to. All through chapter 4 of Mark's gospel, Jesus has been teaching. He's been teaching large crowds right along the shores of the Sea of Galilee near the, the city of Capernaum, a busy, busy place. We know he's attracted a great big crowd and he's been teaching. And in fact, these crowds are so big and they're pressing in on him so much as he was there on the seashore, he actually got into one of the boats using it almost like a stage so he would be just a little bit separated from the crowd so that everyone could see him and he, he was teaching from there. Now at this moment when this time of teaching is over, in fact some of that teaching is what we heard last week if you happen to catch that particular video, when Jesus is finishing this time of teaching and evening is coming he decides hey let's go over across the water, let's go to the other side of the sea, let's go hang out over there. And so we hear the disciples, those who are with him, they take him with them in the boat just as he is, which is to say he's still in the boat. They stay in the boat and off they go. And there are some other boats with him because some of the crowd is coming with him. Some of his followers are in these other boats and they take off across the water. Now as they leave, it must be pretty calm because Jesus falls asleep in the back end of the boat. And as he's sleeping, as they are crossing over the water, over the Sea of Galilee, which is a fairly large lake, it would not be an easy situation, especially when they're rowing by hand. As they're going, one of the storms that is so prevalent around the Sea of Galilee comes blowing up. Now, part of the reason that this happens so suddenly and out of nowhere is the terrain. There's this big, large lake, which is the Sea of Galilee, and it's surrounded by mountains. And, and these storms can blow up over the mountains, as often happens, and come rolling down without warning. And keep in mind, they don't have a weather forecaster to tell them what's going to happen. So they come up out of nowhere. This was a very, very common thing. And that's what happens as they're crossing over. Now, we hear that this storm is really something, that the waves are crashing and they're, they're breaking over the boat, that the wind is blowing just, just like crazy. It's a horrible, horrible wind. I read a few commentaries that compared this to not only a physical storm, but a cosmic storm, like all of creation is going after this. Well, and maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but it sounds like a great, 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 great big storm that's swamping the boat. And the waves are crashing over. The, 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 the boat is being swamped, as we hear, so water's coming in faster. They can bail it out, and they are terrified. I've never been in a boat in that type of situation, but I have been in the water when the water beats me. Some of you have perhaps heard this story before. This happened a number of years ago. I was swimming in a lake and I got in over my head and the waves were bigger than I could handle and I was in real, real trouble. And had there not been someone there to pull me back out, it might have ended very badly. So I know that feeling when the water when the chaos that's around you is bigger than you are and you realize you can't do anything about it. That seems to be the case for the disciples. They are recognizing that this power is going to take them out. It's more than they can handle. And it's interesting that this happens not just on land, but that it happens out on the sea. Because in the Jewish understanding, the sea represents chaos. It represents the unknown disorder of things that we don't, we just can't fathom, that we can't control, that we can't understand. It's the chaos. In fact, if we think about the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, and the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, the Spirit of God is hovering over the chaos. And then you add into it the storm, and it seems like that chaos is even more chaotic, that unknown 
worrisome stuff that's going on. It's a literal storm that's swamping them. And in the midst of this, they're like, Jesus is sleeping. Doesn't he care? Is he blissfully unaware of what's going on around him? And so they wake him up and they ask him, Master, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? As I think about that, that situation that the disciples find themselves in, this moment of realization that whatever is going on, this storm that is blowing, literal in this case, but it could be a metaphorical one, this is more than I can handle. And so they cry out to the one who they think is able to do something about it because Jesus has shown them already the power that he has over the physical world. He has shown them already power over diseases. He has shown them power over unclean spirits. He's done miracle after miracle after miracle already. He's taught as one with authority. All of these different things that Jesus has done and said, pointing to the truth that the kingdom of heaven has come into the world with him. They know there is something special about this guy who's currently sleeping in the back end of the boat, that this is not only a man, but this man is also God. The power of God is present within him. If anyone can do anything here, it's him, and he's asleep. Do you not care? I find myself wondering how often have we faced the same type of situation. Maybe not a literal storm, Maybe not being in a boat that's being swamped by all kinds of water threatening to sink us and we're going to drown out in the middle of the storm. But what about those metaphorical storms? What are those things that are happening in life that are so big? They remind us, they show us frighteningly so that we have no control over it. We are coming up against a power that is bigger than we are. And all we can do is go along for the ride. And sometimes when we find despair, when we are overcome by the fear of that situation, whatever that situation is, maybe we find ourselves asking that same question. We shouted at the universe, at the one we call God, we asked, don't you care? Where are you on this one, Lord? I can think of a lot of different situations where maybe that applies. And I think perhaps collectively, we're all in this metaphorical boat right now in one form or another. Many of us in our community are asking the question, are we ever going to get back to normal? Is all this COVID stuff, is it bigger than anything that we can ever handle? And will we ever get back to that which we know? Will we ever feel that sense of safety again? Will we ever feel that sense of calm? Will our communities be the same? Will our businesses be the same? Will my job ever be the same? Will my school ever be the same? All of these different questions that I think at one point or another in the last year or so, we've all been asking. And we wonder, where are you on this, God? Don't you care? It might be a different type of situation too. I'm thinking about a family within our congregation who's been dealing with a lot of health concerns over the course of the last year. And recently, just in recent days, they've received some more news that's pretty devastating. And we don't know what's gonna happen and we don't know what to expect. And time after time after time, I can imagine every single one of those family members and as their pastor, I've said it with them too, where are you on this God? And we pray and we pray and we pray and it can be real, real, real hard when the answer that we seem to get is radio silence. Do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care about this metaphorical storm that is blowing in my life? 
Do you not care about this literal storm that is blowing in our, in, in our community life? Do you not care? But let's go back to the story. Let's think about the situation that the disciples were in as they were in the boat and they wake up Jesus who's blissfully sleeping in the back end of the boat. Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And we hear that Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and he calms the chaotic sea. It's over. It's dead calm. And he looks at him and he says, have you no faith? And in shock, in utter shock, in disbelief, the disciples asked the question, who is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? Who is this that can quiet even nature? And that's a legitimate question because I don't know about you, but I've gone out and I've screamed at storms before, told them to knock it off, and the storm didn't listen. I don't know why I've ever done that, but I certainly have, in full disclosure. I've done it probably more than once, and nature doesn't care. Nature doesn't listen to me. But nature listens to Jesus because Jesus is also God. Jesus is also the one who, who spoke it into creation in the first place. Who is this? This is God. Now, folks, the question the disciples seem to be asking is, does God care about what happens to us? Does God care about our lives? Does God care about the situation that I find myself in? And there are times, I think, for every single one of us when we feel like the answer is no, but even in those times, that's not the truth. I believe what the disciples were forgetting, what the disciples were freaking out over is that they forgot who they brought along with them in the first place. Yes, they woke Jesus up. Yes, they, they had to cry out to him to do something, but they seem to be forgetting that they've got God with them in the boat throughout the course of the storm. God is present even in the moments when it might not feel like it. God is present even in those times when we are faced with that power that's more than we are, that power that's greater than we are, that we are powerless to stand up against, that power that might overcome us that power that we might not prevail against, God is still in the boat with us. And the promise that has been made through the gospel time and time and time again is that the one who's in the boat with us does care. The one that is in the boat with us is watching over us. The one who is in the boat with us has promised us that we have been claimed and then that all-encompassing claim of God, that all-encompassing perfect love of God that was made manifest in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus is present with us always. Because that same Jesus who was literally sleeping in the boat with the disciples has also promised to send the Holy Spirit to us. The Spirit of God dwells within us. You, my friend, are a temple for the divine. There is nowhere that you do not go when God is not with you. Even in the times when it may not feel like it and our present circumstances blind us to the reality that God is right there with us. The promise of God's claim upon us says that nothing, not even those storms which might overcome us physically, nothing will separate us from that love of God. 
That's what Jesus was bringing into this world when he says the kingdom of God has come near. Now, it may not make sense. At times, it's scary. At times, it's terrifying. And at times, we forget that because of our present circumstances. But our forgetfulness, our fears, our doubts, our situations that are bigger than we can handle do not negate the promise of God. That promise is forever. That promise is all-encompassing and nothing overcomes us. And that is what Jesus is showing us in this moment when he literally calms the wind and the seas. The chaos of the world listens to God. May we remember that when the chaos of our world is overcoming us, that we are not alone in it and the one who is with us is promised to never, ever abandon.